Corbett Barr. I'm traveling around the country. Oh, I quit my job. I want to figure out who I am, what life's about. I'm just going to figure it out and start a blog. And then I'm going to get traffic. This is, this is Chase. Um, <laughs> reading Corbett's first post, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. You know, the word fizzle has two meanings. One, to fail in a weak and disappointing way. And two, to buzz or crackle like electricity. Uh, Through this show, we explore why so many small businesses fizzle out and why others seem to crackle and buzz with energy. See what I did there? See how we did that? It's a a two-sided thing. Gotta cook the steak on both sides, people. Your hosts are Corbett Barr, the one with the lists, Caleb Wojcik, the uh, financial one, and me, Chase Reeves, the caveat machine. You know, we've heard from and helped thousands of entrepreneurs about this topic. The topic is choosing a business idea. You know, it's very common to be in sort of an analysis paralysis uh, with this. Either you have so many ideas, you're not sure which, which one I should choose, or you're like, I'm not the kind of person who comes up with business ideas. I can't do this. You don't know where to start. And in this conversation, we're going to give you a framework for taking back control, narrowing down your, your list of ideas, and maybe picking one to dive in so you can have a better answer at that next uncomfortable cocktail party conversation. So, Chase, what is it you do again? Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Downton Abbey. I'll be back just after this conversation to fill in any gaps. And, uh, and hey, I'm glad you're here. Let's get into it. We're going to talk about whether or not your idea is good or not. So how to figure out if your idea is good on your own and how to you know, ask other people whether your idea is good or not. And why are we qualified to talk about this? Because we have spent a lot of time trying to figure out if I, our ideas were good enough. Oh, got it. Internally. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, we've worked with tons and tons and tons of clients and students, thousands. To help them with their ideas. To help them with ideas, and we kind of get to see, you know, how an idea helps someone or hinders them, depending on what they chose. Yep. Um, That's what I was looking for. You guys nailed it. We nailed it. You got the right answers. <clears throat> so, so, we're, so we're done here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we can talk about you know evaluating your idea once you already have it or just kind of choosing a topic in general. I think a lot of people you know that listen to this maybe aren't thinking about what's my idea, like what product am I going to create for a business, but they're also just kind of choosing a topic to start creating content on to kind of see where it goes and then eventually create products or services around that. Yeah. You know? So there's a ton of factors. I today I have a little checklist we can kind of go through, like an eight step checklist to different criteria you can evaluate your idea on and kind of assign them weight and scores and whatnot, and well, come aren't up with you something prepared. The aren't you just a little prepared, Pam? Well, something I whipped up for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do you think the best mode of, uh, of action is to well, let's go, go through the let's list? Go, yeah, let's go through that. But also, you know, just to start out, like there is no right answer. We see this all the time. People sometimes get really hung up kind of never even get started because they just spend all their time with these ideas swirling around in their head for months and months and months and trying to look for the perfect one. And the problem is most of the time you're not going to know if an idea will really work out until you actually start going through it because you might find that it doesn't suit you very well. You might find that 
the competition's too strong. And you can try to evaluate all this stuff in the beginning and come up with a score and, and you know, make it work. But what's probably going to happen is you're going to have a bunch of ideas. As entrepreneurs, we always do, right? Mm-hmm. We always end up this is really weird with Caleb in the room, by the way, looking at me over here. Yeah. I feel like he's judging me. Yeah, you guys, this is our first time recording all three in the same spot. Normally, and you do have a little bit of a judgmental look on your face. <laughs> I can go in the other room and just get on Skype if you want. Yeah, but okay, so hold on. Before you keep going, yeah, I have four caveats. Four. <laughs> Aren't you prepared? I have one less than five caveats. Um, the very first escapes me, so maybe I only have three. Okay. Uh, but the first one actually is this, you know, how many times do you think you've heard, I'm an idea guy. I've got all the ideas. I just need someone to right. help me pull it through. Right? right. So like dear entrepreneur listening to this, dear, dear budding, uh, you know, online business builder, dear, you know, just person who wants to build something they care about. You don't get to say that anymore. Nobody gets to say like, I'm the idea guy, or I have all these great ideas because your idea is worth exactly nothing. You know what I mean? And but, obviously yeah. what we're going to do today is talk about, is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Here's some ways to understand, you know, if you can, you know, buy your kid gluten-free crackers based off of this idea or be happy and fulfilled as a, you know, doing this as, as a hobby or as making business on the side, something like that. Um, but don't be caught. Don't let me catch you at, you know, some conference somewhere saying like, I'm the idea guy. So before you move on to your next caveat. I have four. Okay, hold on. That was the first. All right, so... My favorite blog post about entrepreneurship ever is by Derek Sivers. Okay. Okay. Sivers.org. Check out his blog. It's incredible. So he has a blog post called Ideas Are Just a Multiplier of Execution. So okay. the idea here is that you can have the greatest idea in the world, and if you never take action on it, it's worth precisely zero. Yeah. Ideas are worthless unless acted upon. So, but what you do is you take. That's a great way to put it, by the way. Ideas are worthless unless acted upon. Exactly. So, so what you do is you take the quality of your execution, like how well you actually pull the idea off, yeah. and you get a score from that. Mm-hmm. And you also get a score from the idea itself. And really, you multiply the two times each other to get your total effectiveness as an entrepreneur. So, if you have an idea that's a 1 on the scale of 1 to 10 mm-hmm. and you have perfect execution, yeah. then you're going to get your perfect ex- execution times 1, which is basically you don't get a multiplier factor. Yeah. If you have an incredible idea that's a 10, then you get this like big boost on your execution because the idea was so good and yeah. it's the right market. But if your execution is shit, it doesn't matter how good your idea is, you're never going to come up with anything, mm. you know? So, so as we talk about how do you know if your idea is good, mm-hmm. you're right. You know, you yep. can't just be an ideas guy. It doesn't matter. It, like there are so many people in Silicon Valley or whatever who think that they're going to have this magic idea. They're going to take it to investors. They're going to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, because their idea is so precious. Yeah. And meanwhile, you go to the, the VCs. They're like, oh, yes, two people told us about that yesterday. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. They've heard every idea there is. Bring basically. it to market. Who does it first? Who does it best? And you who does I mean? it best? Yeah. And so, look at all the biggest companies around here. They're not that complex of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. True. Instagram, you take photos and you share them. Like, yep. That's a really simple idea, but it was worth a billion dollars because of how well they, they did, did it. They did a good job. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think it was worth a billion dollars, but somebody did pay that for it. So. <laughs> no. So, caveat number two of four. I have four of them. Um, and it, it's really, I want to I hear from each of us. And in a, a, a you know not a too long but a, a quick story on what like one idea that we picked and why we picked it. So for you, I want to hear about like what what was the story with with starting landing on Think Traffic. Okay, 
right now? Yeah, tell me. So for me, what happened was I uh, started a blog on a road trip sabbatical, kind of on a whim, because I wanted to document our trip. Must be nice. I wanted to I'm document our trip. Bar. I'm traveling around the country. Oh, I quit my job. I want to figure out who I am, what life's about. I'm just going to figure it out and start a blog, and then I'm going to get traffic. This is, this is Chase. Um, Reading Corbett's with, first post, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is sour grapes, because... Because what? <laughs> you didn't have... You, you did the same thing in your early 20s. I mean, I totally I'm Chase. I went to Ireland for a year to figure out who I was. <laughs> I found my wife there. Sour grapes. All right. My rectal. So back to... Back to uh, I feel like this. I feel like it's going to be hard to keep this this episode on track because we're in the same room for the first time. And no, no, little, this is going to be a little easy. energy. This is good. This is good. So I'm on a sabbatical. <clears throat> I start a blog, basically never having blogged before, because I wanted to chronicle our trip, and then I also wanted to start asking myself questions in public. I was at this like crossroads. I wanted to figure out what does my career really mean to me, and what do I really want from it. And mm-hmm. I thought a really good way to do that was to start having conversations, kind of in public about it. So that's why I started a blog. It turned out to be really popular, the blog, like a half million people visited in the first year. But what I found was eventually that it was hard for me to connect the dots between this thing like, hey, I want to travel the world and, you know, what everybody does, right? Basically, people start these blogs like, let's all quit our jobs and travel the world and follow our passions. You had a blog about trying to figure out who you were, right? Right. It's kind of like what it was, like what you wanted your life to be Right, it's a really natural thing to just start talking about what you're thinking about in your own life. But it was hard to connect the dots between that and creating a real business. Yeah. So what I did was I kind of took a step back and I said, all right, I know that this blogging thing is really powerful. How can I apply it to something that people really want and need? Yeah. And what skills do I have to offer? And I had had this success with my blog already. Mm-hmm. It, it was popular. I had had success with our previous startup, and we had like a million registered users in a couple of years from what I had learned about producing content and, yeah. and developing an audience. And I saw that most bloggers that I saw uh, struggled with getting more than a couple hundred people to show up to their blog every day. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to start a blog on the topic of building online audiences, yeah. and I'm not going to have all the answers to begin with, but I have a little bit of a handle on it. I'll get other ideas and expertise, and then I could see how that would easily turn into a product or service. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how Think Traffic came about. Okay. And it launched about a year after so I started So the blogging. idea, did you do a bunch of like vetting of this idea? You're just, you just saw potential, and you're like, it doesn't take much to start this up. I'll give it a shot. It, yeah, basically I looked around, I knew that there was a problem out there, and I looked around at the other sites that talked about online marketing and stuff, and I just, I never liked any of them, yeah. really, and I felt like they weren't, they they were missing something, they were mm-hmm. missing some honesty and some bigger picture stuff, yeah. they all got down into SEO and social media tactics over and over again, yeah. and I knew that like those tactics weren't really what made my site successful. So I wanted to start something that was a little bit more honest and a little bit more focused on what's the value that you're actually bringing to the table because that's what really matters. Interesting. So in terms of like the checklist that we're about to go through for yeah. you, it doesn't sound like it played a huge role. Like you just knew you could... It did. And when we go through this, I'll, it, I okay, didn't use cool. the specific checklist, but I'll, I'll talk about the areas that I did focus on when I came up with the idea. Okay, cool. Time. And maybe we can all, like if, if it's something rings true from any of these on, on the ideas that we're about yeah. to share. Okay, Caleb, for you... You? And mine would be starting Pocket Changed. Okay. And so originally I wanted to do a site about personal finance. Yeah. And it was more about how to use money as a tool for freedom as opposed to just you're going to continue living the life as you are. Yeah. And you have to learn about money because you want to retire yeah. someday. Yeah. And so that was where it was like Pocket Changed was my kind of twist on it. And like as I evolved as 
a blogger, I got rid of like talking about personal finance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was changing as I was writing the blog and I started to write about entrepreneurship and things like that. And a lot of my readers were going through similar processes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to connect with them on that level. And that's where the idea came from. I didn't know that I was going to eventually quit my job and start working with Corbett, but that was one of the goals yeah. of starting it. And so ho- yeah, hopefully through this list, we'll be able to talk through each of these ideas and you can say like, okay, so yeah, with pocket change, we thought about this, that, and the other. So that, mm-hmm. this could be, that could be cool way to do it. Yeah. And it's, um, and I'll ask you about yours in a second. The, That's my fourth caveat. I have four. Okay. What I, what I, um, also want to point out is that like sometimes an idea you could say, Caleb could say, well, I want to start a personal finance blog. Well, yeah. okay, that's fine. But that doesn't really tell me how s- successful it's going to be. There's so much stuff that goes into it. The name, the branding, sure. the design, the content itself, all this kind of stuff. So sometimes an idea really is the execution as well. Yeah. Like how you hone that idea. You know? Totally. So it's not as if, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, feel like they have to come up with an idea that is something completely new. That's mm-hmm. never been tried before, but yeah. like you said, like Instagram, there were plenty of photo sharing apps on mm-hmm. the iPhone already when that one came out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's you know it's not necessarily about an entirely new idea, and in fact, sometimes that puts you at a disadvantage when you think about like the Segway, for example, mm-hmm. this like weird personal you know transportation yeah. thing. It you know it seemed like a really cool idea, and then it kind of flopped when it came out because you're trying to change market behavior, you yeah. know, and you're trying to educate a market. Whereas instead, if you start with something that you know people are already doing, they're already sharing photos on the iPhone, or they're already reading about personal finance, and then you fix it and make it better than it's been before, sometimes that's more effective. Yep, absolutely. So Chase, what, tell us about one of your ideas and how you came up with it. I guess one would be Father Apprentice. I mean, I don't have, I, I've done lots of things, but none of them have really panned out, I mean, you know, because, except for maybe being friends with Corbett and Caleb. <laughs> this is my, my full-time... This is working for you? This is... Well, I just hope you guys don't lay me off here pretty soon. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. It was a good idea at the time. Yeah, I mean, we announced you today, so it's only a matter of hours. Yeah, yeah. Before you're gone. Yeah, before it's just (laughs) poof. We turn over people. Yeah, we're not really interested anymore. But uh, I, uh, for Father Apprentice, you know, I was, I was, I didn't, I was scared to death, and I didn't want to be. I I wanted to be a dad. I just didn't know how. And I was super scared about it, and I was like, "Well, uh, my pre, my very first site I ever started was like six years ago. I started up a site called Write to Mean, W R I T E to Mean, and the whole my, you know, similar to like original Corbett Bar. The whole gist there was like, hey, if I have a place to write, and then people know about it, like my aunt and mom, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then maybe I'll be compelled." To write things there, yeah, and then when I write things there, maybe I'll figure things out about what I think about my life, and yeah. then when I do that, maybe I'll end up living a little bit better, yeah, and more in line with my values and all this stuff. So I kind of t- parlayed that experience into uh, what happened was we did. We, I was writing there about some fatherhood stuff, and people were really liking it. They're like, because they, you know, I, I live blog, I live blogged the labor. <laughs> you did, yeah. That's right. You didn't know me then. <laughs> I live blogged the labor, and people. It was a fifty-six hour labor. This was that's right. This the is most the nightmare labor. Dramatic yeah. thing that's happened to most of my friends' lives. It was living through my labor, our, my wife's labor, vicariously through my tweets and blog posts. It freaks people out. <laughs> but just, no, but just like they were like, they, like, like 15 minutes or 30 minutes would go by and they'd be like refreshing their phones or, you know, and there'd be nothing. Like, yeah, it's and probably then, a good thing that Vine wasn't around then. Oh God, can you oh, imagine? Lord. You didn't want to see that. And then day three comes around and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, I did that and it, and it ended up, you know, 
She got, a, she got a merit badge for that, by the way, oh, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. His name is Aiden, and yeah, he's okay. totally ruining our lives. <laughs> uh, in the best possible way, if you hear this in the future, my son, I love you very much, and you know that. It's just that your bum-bum's pretty stinky. Um, so... <laughs> So anyway, so I, I, a lot of people resonated with the dad stuff because I was, you know, like you, you hear how I talk, like I, it's all off the cuff and it's all like honest and raw and just vulnerable. And a lot of guys kept like talking to me about like, hey, that was re- that was really cool, you know. To, so once you realize that you can, when someone tells you like you're good at this thing, more than just like a hey, you're pretty good at drawing stuff in like a way that's like that thing you drew like changed my life. Yeah. Like I'm married now still. Yeah. Because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that. And it's like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do more of it. And yeah. so that's when I started Father Apprentice. And I did a little bit of like idea vetting stuff at the at the time, but I had I had experience just at a site that was for me writing. I had experience writing about this stuff and realizing that it it, it it pricked a chord. Yeah. And guys like were like getting into it. Yeah. And the funny thing is that, you know, we all, we just kind of shared these stories and they're fairly simple really yeah. in terms of how we chose our ideas. But what you're not hearing are all the other ideas that we all had at oh, the yeah. same time that we came up with. Oh, yeah. Because just like, no, like domain names alone. Yeah. Oh, like God, we, other... we all have like dozens of domain yeah. names, right? Yeah. And that at some time was like so important that you had to get up from bed at two in the morning to register that domain name. Yeah. Who has done that? I <laughs> still do that. Yeah, exactly. I just send myself an email. Okay. If someone hasn't bought it at 12 a.m., yeah. they probably won't have bought probably. it by 6 a.m. Well, they, maybe they're New Zealanders and they're up before God, you. those freaking Kiwis. Yeah. They so, steal all the domains. So, <laughs> so one lesson of this is like, you know, if all you do is actually make pro- like start and put yeah. forth progress and like you know get towards a goal on any idea, yeah. you're doing better than 99% of people who never get started. Yeah. So so don't put too much pressure on yourself in choosing an idea. And the other thing is if you just choose something that you really feel strongly about, yeah. you're even further ahead. If it's something that you just love and you really want to see changed in the world, mm-hmm. you're going to be doing okay, fairly well. Okay, on that note. This might parlay into one of your uh one of your cute little checklists over there. But I have a quote here from Kurt Vonnegut, um, who is an American writer, very interesting gentleman. Um, he had some good thoughts. Here's, he has this quote on writing and choosing a topic in your writing or choosing a, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a, a direction for your novel that I feel like applies directly to this. And even like the language, it's like a perfect metaphor for it. But what he says is, Find a subject that you care about and which you in your heart feel others should care about too. It is this genuine caring and not your games with language, which will be the most compelling and seductive element in your style. Perfect. Do you know what I mean about that last part where it's like, yes, it's not your games. You can substitute the games with your words for your stupid tactics and your analysis of the market demand. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and that, that last part, it is this genuine caring. And not your games with language or business or marketing or tactics or social media or bullshit, which will be the most compelling and seductive element in your business. This is essentially like a translation of that. And it's true. You know, for every, all the growth that I had at Father Apprentice, like everybody, you know, who, who, you know, when we were talking about promoting this podcast or just about to launch it, people were fired up on the comments at Think Traffic because they're like, I love everything that you've done, Corbett. So I'm excited to see how you do this because I know it'll be different than other stuff or I know mm-hmm. it'll be good, right? Because you've always resonated on that honest and true and caring line for them. You know what I mean? Compared to a lot of guys that just needed to write a lot of posts to 
drive traffic. Rank high in the search engines. Yeah, exactly. So um, that Vonnegut quote to me is... That's gold right there. clutch. So let's just... We can't say it better. I have been Chase Wardman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go through your checklist. All right, so I just have a list of eight factors here that you may or may not want to consider. So again, our caveat is choose something you really care about and Mm -hmm. just get started and make progress. You're going to be better off than most people who never get started. But... If you want to do a little bit of thinking about your topic, and I know that if you're listening to this, you probably already have a few ideas in mind, like we did, then you can go through this to kind of help guide you. Mm -hmm. And after you go through this, you know, again, what I'd say is apply the 80-20 rule. You're going to be able to rule out 80% of the ideas. You're going to narrow it down to a bunch. And from there, you're never going to know whether one is going to be better than the other until you actually get started. So throw a dart or pick the one that you feel strongly about, the most strongly about. So the first factor here is simply demand, and that is, are there people out there who care yeah. about this subject? And in a lot of cases, if you're talking about personal finance, for example, it's obvious because yeah. there are other sites out there about this already. In your case, Chase, with Father Apprentice, I don't know, are there other dad sites yeah, out there? Yeah, there's lots of them, but none of them, were, were, none of them felt cool. A lot of them felt precious. You yeah. know what I mean? How it's pretty easy for like a working dad to feel like, or for a stay-at-home dad to start a blog and feel sort of precious, yeah. you know what I mean? Not in a bad way at all, but just like I wanted to be like a little more Louis C.K., a little less, you know, Bobby's world. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So when it comes to market demand, I mean, you know, there's there are entire business school courses yeah. on figuring that out. But, you know, basically um, the way we always advise people to go about it is just to look around at other stuff and see how popular it is. And if if there is popularity out there um competition isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah. because it proves that people are interested in that thing yeah it's like uh paul graham has some quote somewhere about about uh this being or he wrote in some article that entrepreneurship business isn't a zero zero sum game yeah right where it's like it doesn't have to be i win you lose yeah. Or they win, I lose. You know what I mean? It can be win-win sort of scenario. And for us, like, you know, we look at our, our, our industry. There's a lot of room for a copy blogger and a Pat Flynn and a, and Derek Halpern and all of the, there's a lot of room for all of our friends in this space. You yeah. know what I mean? There really, yeah. there really is. Maybe there's a point at which it's just Apple and Microsoft in, I don't know, education on, on you know, small time entrepreneurship. But I don't, you know, like most industries, there's plenty of room. There's plenty of eyeballs. There's more eyeballs every single day. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to get a leg up on the competition, either by right. being more specific or more whatever, leveraging technology better or being the online brick and mortar store thing or right. whatever, you know? right. So is that was I missing the point on that or did no, I get it? No, no, not at all. That's that's dead on. So a corollary to that, another one that's related is competition. Um, like you were saying, competition isn't necessarily a bad thing, and it's not a zero sum game. But um, you know, an ideal situation is this is something new that the world has become infatuated yeah. with. There's a shit ton of demand. It's really obvious because everybody's writing about this all the time. Yeah, but. It's not really being filled well. Like you know, one of the no- things that Seth Godin says in his um, there's this really great podcast series that that uh, Earwolf did on on Seth with Seth Godin, like his startup school. school or something. Yeah, and one of the, th- the only, one of the only things I really remember from that is when he said, you know, what's fine. It, what's fine is you, like a lot. At least you can say I'm the something. I'm I'm like Facebook for or I'm like. 
you, when you can combine, you know, there is already an Instagram. But maybe you're like, I'm the Instagram for amateur pornography. Right. Or something like that. You can combine, you niche it out, you get more specific. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. Which is a way of saying there's already a demand for this Instagram thing. Yep. You know what I mean? But man, is that amateur pornography market under underserved? Right. You know what Instagram's I mean? Instagram's not doing it right for those <laughs> or people. Whatever. Or they're not You know what I mean? Yeah. But like this as a concept for that, like parlaying the competition and the fact that this demand exists. And then just really honing in on one of the, uh, like a, a smaller target of that yep. larger audience. Yeah. And often, you know, you, if Instagram's trying to serve everybody, it means they're leaving out some things that would work for a certain market. And yeah. you could, you could focus on that. Now, you know, that probably means that your market's going to be smaller yeah. than the overall Instagram market. But, you know, for most of us, like you said, you know, you think about in the future, what does that business look like? And do I even want a, 2,000 person business. Maybe yeah. I want to focus on a sub-market because I can do it with five people and totally. make it awesome. Now, is is like niche and that kind of concept in this list already? Well, so I think that's where you start narr- so this bleeds from choosing a topic into execution Yeah, and you know, we could talk about, you know, how you brand and name something and how you narrow down the topic and all that kind of stuff, but I'm thinking more about just the broad okay. topic. Yeah, to begin we'll with, keep it there you then. Know? So um, the next thing, and this is really important, and that is simply personal interest. Like, how much do you actually care yeah. about this topic? Like, and by the way, care has become my word instead of passion. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Passion is a is a weak word to me because I'm so passionate about like you know I get home and I'm like real passionate about having sex with my wife. Right. I mean, give it a couple of minutes. Like, I'll probably be passionate about something. Else. Like, it's a fleeting th- passion. It brings to mind all of this crazy mania sort of thing. Like, yeah. and, and you get you start wondering, like, well, I'm not super insanely in love with this with idea right so now. It's not going to work. Yeah, but care is a total. Like, yeah, when, and I said personal interest. You yeah, know, and that's kind of a boring way to say it. But yeah, do you care about that this? Vonnegut quote? Right, a pick a topic that you care about that yeah. you think others should care about too. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, like, and if if passion is fleeting, then purpose is like this other bigger thing. Yeah. Like, why am I here? Yeah, what mm-hmm. is Earth for? Like, you <laughs> I know, can tell you, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, you can buy my new product for twenty nine ninety nine. That's two thousand nine hundred ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> So that that care is like in the middle between passion and, and purpose. Yeah, a, a, absolutely. I think I think that's a good way of talking about it because part of it has this almost missional element. It doesn't have to. Like I just care a lot about you know s- tiny ceramic unicorns. I care a lot about it. I mean, there's not a huge purpose in that, but but still, it's like I know who I am, and that's the kind. Of, my wall is filled with them, and this is true in real life. You've been in my bedroom. I have tiny ceramic unicorns, freaking everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can't walk barely anywhere. It's getting to be kind of a problem. But um, but I care a lot about it, and so that's why I've started up <laughs> tinyceramicunicorns.com. I'm excited to launch that here just and tell everybody all about it. Is that unicorns with a Z at the end too? That is both. You both. Have both of them. Both um, Z. But you, mostly with a Z. Yeah. It's actually three Zs. Unicorns, like they're sleeping. Note to self by tiny ceramic unicorns, three Zs. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> dot biz. All right, so just to recap here. <laughs> dot, dot biz. Dot info dot org. Dot US. I buy all the main ones. Dot US dot biz dot info and dot co dot, dot TV. NZ. So... Just to recap here, number one was what's the market demand? Chase is literally typing in notice for those of you listening and you can't see this. So number one is demand, market demand, basically how many people actually care about this thing. Number two is competition. How much competition is out there? What's the nature of that competition? Do you 
want to be in this business with that competition or are they just dicks and like it's going to be a horrible brutal battle the whole time yeah. or is it a nice friendly environment you know like kind of like we're in with blogging like most topics you know we all know each other in this space and we all support each other like in in you know the marketing yeah. space we're in personal finance is kind of similar mm-hmm. you know people know each other so look for friendly competition sometimes mm-hmm. that's an easier way to get in um number three was do you care about it personal interest yeah. So number four is related to personal interest, and this is expertise. How much expertise do you actually have in this area? And this is a pickle for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people say, they think to themselves, I want to start a business. And then they start thinking, what should the topic be and how much do I actually know about it? Mm -hmm. Whereas other people start from the other side and they're like, I know how to do this thing really well. Could I turn it into an online business? Like we were talking about our friend uh, Scott from Scott's Bass Lessons in in London. He's a you know a ex professional bass player or still professional bass player, and uh, he was injured for a little while and was at home and got bored and decided to put some YouTube videos up. Yeah. And now he has like the most popular bass training site in the world, um, and that was really easy for him because he started with expertise. So if you don't have expertise, sometimes you're going to have to go through the fire for a few years to actually get good at something before you can have an impact. Yeah. Um, or you're going to have to partner up with people who have expertise or figure out some way or maybe choose a topic where there are no experts yet and you can kind of quickly rise up through the ranks. You and know? so what do you think about the idea of blogging on your way to being an expert? It's great. It's a great idea. Do you think it's overdone in any spaces? Some people don't really have a choice. Yeah, I think most people most people, the, the challenge I think of modern, <laughs> I don't know, why am I saying that? The challenge of modern life. But it's just a problem that I see where it's like, hey, I can write, I can build a blog. I know how, I know I can learn how to build a blog. So what do I want it to be about? Yeah. Which is exactly the backwards way of coming at it that we, we would say, like, yeah, try going to be an expert in something and then build a blog on it, right? That's the dream scenario, right? Well, no, no. I think the dream scenario is you already spent two decades, you're an expert, exactly. and now you're going to blog. But if you don't have expertise right now, I'm not suggesting that I think people should go away and yeah. become an expert. I think blogging while you're learning something is fine because you know you may not be as successful with the blog thing as you want, but by the end of that, not only will you have built expertise, but now you're going to have a following of some sort. Because you put yourself out there. Yep. Um, and if you're actually teaching during that time, then you'll be seen as an expert. Well, and that, and I, that was the second part of what I was saying, Corbett. You kind of... Sorry. <laughs> jumped on you. <laughs> Jeez Louise. But no, but exactly that, right? Like, you can go out and instead of making your thing about being an expert in your thing, your thing is about being the one who's going to curate and be the discoverer and, and learn as learn the best possible things you can about X, Y, and Z and parlay your knowledge into your blog, right? Which is what like Pat Flynn did at the very beginning with his green uh, certification yeah. training thing, right? Yep. He just had cheat sheets and notes that he put together while he was studying this thing, clearly not an expert in it. He was studying yep. in it, trying to pass the test. And then... He made a blog, like of like, here's what I've learned. Here's how I've learned to make but, sense of this. But this, there's a nuance to that, which is, um, no one was an expert at the green green exam. The that's lead true. exam was brand new, and that's brilliant. Yeah. Anytime you can find something that's new and has a demand that creates a vacuum in the marketplace that no one's filling, yeah. If you can fill that, you have a good shot. Which at, is an interesting thing if uh, to add, maybe if it's not on the list, but like timing of that. Timing. Like, I got lucky with rickshaw bags on Father Apprentice, where yeah. I'm just a total bag whore. I love bags, and I randomly found one. And I was like, "Oh, it's really cool!" online, and and I ordered it. 
And they had they were a relatively new company at the time. Yeah. I did a quick little video just because that's what I was doing on Father Apprentice. And I sent it to the company, and they're like, this is great. Here's a coupon code. We'll give you 10% of all the sales, and we'll give you free shipping to, or, or 10% off to everybody who uses it you know, from your audience. Yeah. Well, I just ended up, and it, like everybody who started searching for rickshaw bags at the you. time found me. Yeah. And so I got a lot of subscribers on yeah. Father Apprentice and a lot of bags sold yep. because it was just the perfect timing on the thing. I could have done the same thing on Timbuktu or an established bag company. And you wouldn't and have gotten Wouldn't have play. happened, yeah. right? I, yeah. It's a great point. I mean, new things are always fantastic to, mm-hmm. to start start on, especially if you're just starting out. I mean, you know, you could choose a topic that's established, that's 30 years old, and from scratch try to become a blogger and become an expert through that. And it's going to be really hard because there are people out there who have lived and breathed that thing for so yeah. long. Yeah. It's just, it, it's not going to work. So, um, all right, number five. Ready for point number five? Caleb? I'm ready. Are you ready, Caleb? Bring it. Oh, God. <laughs> He's... You look tenacious. I'm ready. He's ready. And that is uh, specificity. And I don't have a, there's there's not a right answer to this, but it's a factor to consider. And that is how specific and directed is your topic. And I'm not talking about how small is the audience, but just how narrow is the thing that you're trying to solve. Because some people do better with ideas that are really broad because it gives them the latitude to write about a whole lot of stuff. Other people find broad topics really hard because you kind of eventually don't know what you're talking about anymore. You kind of forget what the point of the whole thing was because it's a little bit too broad. This is something we've struggled with a little bit at our site called Expert Enough because it's fairly broad. Um, with Think Traffic, it's a very, fairly specific topic, so it's a little bit easier to stay focused. So if you're just starting out, I know the tendency a lot of times is to say, well, I don't know what I want to write about, so I'm going to say that my site is about life and career and travel and everything in between because yeah. you've seen some people be successful with that. For 20 to 50-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, um, which is really broad and kind of hard to pull off. Yeah. If you choose a specific topic, that doesn't prevent you from writing about anything. Like mm-hmm. in Father Apprentice, it's all about being a dad. Well, you can write about anything in the context of being a dad. Yeah. So that gives you a little bit of latitude. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about specificity, think about how you respond to broad versus narrow topics. And then also, if you want to be broad and you want to say my site is about these three different things, at least try to choose a framework or like a lens that you're going to look at everything through, like being a dad or mm-hmm. um, you know being someone who grew up on a farm and lives in a city or whatever your 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 framework is come up with something that unifies everything so that people know why they're there because if you just say my site's about life and career it's like why do i care yeah like how do i identify no, with frankly, your point of view i don't right. i just don't i don't right. care i've got i've got an uncle who already started the, a blog like that it's like i don't need that or something you know what i mean what, yeah. right so um it sounds like what you're getting at it when you say spe- specificity I'm thinking like of like a niche or of like, you know, narrowing your focus and your of your topic down. Yeah. And it makes, the focus of the topic, not necessarily the audience, if that makes sense. Kind of going sense. back to that okay. intersection you were talking about earlier, yeah. where you have your topic and then you have your market. Yeah. yeah. And those that's kind of your intersection. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you, what, uh, we said that? Yeah, you said you, Yeah, you said something really smart earlier and you... Like not, what? You know, Wait, tell me about it, though. Yeah. Honestly. My to- no, like, you, audience and you my were, topic? You were talking about... So like you, you Instagram for yeah. a specific oh, group. Yeah. When you were talking about <laughs> You porn. couldn't even say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, I think what another thing that I think about with this is don't forget, like, okay, this is a probably a good point to bring this up. 
every like as you're as you're sitting there and you're with your brand new precious little idea and you're like, oh my God, it's the next big thing. Oh my God, it's gonna be so great. Once it like <laughs> like we recently just made a video for our podcast. And leading up to this, we are writing the script, and we're like, oh, this is so funny. This is going to be incredible. And then we're filming the video, and we're like, God, I hope it's going to be really great. I think it is. I think it's going to be really good. I super hope so. It was a really good idea. <laughs> and then... The execution. And then you edit it together, and it's like... Uh, that's just freaking <laughs> well that's strange <laughs> exactly it didn't pan out right this happens all the time this is what it's like to be a creative is you have these ideas and you realize now i know next time we have that idea like okay well we we just did too much you know yeah, or whatever so but the point being uh what, I, what i'm getting at is <laughs> everything every idea that you have and every your little precious direction that you've got right now it's just great because it, it's what keeps hope alive it's awesome you know what i mean you this is you can either go work at a supermarket or work at a corporation or do all this other stuff or you can you know you're or you're just you're cursed like we are with like you have to go try this thing and do this stuff and like you know what i mean it's a beautiful your art to be able to create but guess what it's gonna be just a job at some point Right. It's just everything. No, it, marriage turns into just a job at some point. And I love my wife very much, but there's a lot to upkeep there. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. It's not, it was started out at, you know, what it's like puppy love and all that stuff. And now there's, now there's real work involved. Not yeah. that it's just a job, just that there are, there is real it's work involved. It's just different than the, than the initial flash of inspiration and excitement. Exactly. Yeah. Just like what we were getting at with the whole difference between the idea and the execution yeah. and, and one, choosing something you care about that's going to actually exactly. pull you through. Just like, you know, choosing a wife you care about. I like the reframing you did though. You changed it from just a job to it being work. Yeah. And like the phrase of you'll never work a day in your life or whatever. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like it takes work to get actual things done. Yeah. And so I think, and that's been, that just keeps coming up to me in conversations and in my own internal dialogue where it's like, don't forget that this is a job. This is work. This takes work. Yeah. And some, you know, you can ruin a hobby or passion of yours yeah. by making it your business idea. If mm-hmm. if you really love it, like you can change that relationship. Like if you like being an artist on the side and then you turn it into work, yeah. like it's not, you know, the dream that everybody thinks it is. Totally. It's like your wife. She's an artist. Like, right? An artist. Like, here's my vision of an artist. It's like, yeah, I make this stuff that I yeah. love. It's real fun. She's in there like sanding things and like, dude, it's hard freaking work sweating it and out. And then there's the marketing stuff and it's just all, yeah. It's, you know, it's tough, yeah. tough biz. Or like being in a band. I mean, maybe you enjoy oh, playing totally. for friends once in a while versus like going on tour. But do you like doing a 60 city worldwide exactly. tour every year? That's exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. to make money, yeah. But um, uh, no, I'll stop there. Okay, I'll, yeah. No, I think you're going to have a good addition to the next one here. Okay, let's okay. try it out. So, so point or factor number six to consider is: Can you effectively differentiate this idea from everything else that's out there? Look at you. You're like literally looking at me, anticipating now. Okay, what do <laughs> no, you got? No, no. <laughs> you're like now. I feel like there's too much pressure. I don't even want to get involved. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> Chase so, will pass on this one. Can you differentiate? So, so the point is, you know, one key factor in in building a successful business is making it stand out from everything else that's out there. And in some cases that can be as simple as Chase suggested earlier, you know, choosing a market like like Steve Cam did with Nerd Fitness yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. So, he jumped into the personal fitness market which is huge, probably one of the biggest markets in the world, mm-hmm. and he's able to be successful partly because he just said, I'm going to choose a, a group of people that is underserved by everyone else right now. And he focuses on nerds, nerd fitness. So that's one way to do it. But 
whatever your idea is, you know, if it's photo sharing or whatever, the question is, how can you make it stand out? And for Instagram, really, it was the filters, right? So when Instagram came out, there were other photo sharing services, and they came up with these incredible filters that made your photos with your fancy modern camera look like they were from the 1940s. And everybody was like, wow, this is awesome. So that's how they differentiated themselves. And for me, like with Father Apprentice, it was that it wasn't a precious sort of thing. It wasn't about my life with my kid. It was really about like, God damn it. This sucks. Yeah. Here's how I'm surviving. You know, and what I mean? it's for a young guy who still wants to have a career and like yeah. lives in a city and all this kind of stuff instead of the other yeah. ones. That you and said. My, it's not that this sucks. It's just that it's hard. It's yeah. hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the question. Like, what about with, with Think Traffic? What was what was your? So with Think Traffic again, like I said earlier, you know, every marketing blog out there is like tactic, 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 tactic. Here's how to set up your Facebook page. Here's how to you know use SEO. Yeah. And w- we tell people screw SEO. Like, mm-hmm. you don't even need it. Like, SEO happens on its own. The thing that matters is the idea that you choose, how much value you bring to the table, how well you differentiate your idea, all the stuff that we're talking about now, the yeah. fundamental core stuff. That's what we try to talk about at Think Traffic um, and focus on that instead of all the, you know, little marketing tips and tricks and stuff that yeah. they come and go. And frankly, for most people, don't work. You know, maybe they work for a little while and then they fade. Yeah. And, and then, then Google left. changes an algorithm. And, and then here then we your, are. Your house of cards comes Repositioning our yeah. whole business again. Exactly. So that's number six, something okay. that you can differentiate, how well you can differentiate, the, differentiate that idea. And that's good to think about early on before you jump into the idea. Like, yeah. okay, here's my idea. I want to talk about whiskey. Okay. Well, what's your unique point of view? Like, what are you going to do about whiskey that isn't being done right now? Mm-hmm. Nerd, now? Whiskey. Nerd whiskey. Nerd whiskey. Nerd <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> Steve should just have a whole like series of sites. Oh, nerd God, this, I love nerd Steve that. So much. God, it's so true. Did you just, nerd shirts. <laughs> nerd podcasting how to's. <laughs> All right. The next two, one of them's fairly obvious. I'll save that one for the end. The next one is about your customer base, number seven. And the question is, do you like the customers? Yeah. Because Interesting. these people are going to become your best friends, whether you like it or not. You have to like them in order to care enough about them to really want to help yeah, them. Yeah, if you start resenting them, you're going to start hating your life yep. so hard. So what kind of people are going to be your customers, and are they the kind of people that you want to be talking to at midnight answering emails. And there's a difference between all the people on your site and your target customer, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of people that want to learn about how to make a million dollars working for themselves, right? right? But not all of them are going to be successful. And yeah. we make the logic, we make the decision to speak to those who will, who, who are go- like, who, who we just yeah. have it, right? Yeah, exactly. Versus making our success dependent on those who are going to continue to just just rag us down with, you know, customer support or like this, that, or the other, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, for example, like there are some sites out there. So there's like WordPress and Squarespace and these places you can build sites. Then there are places like Site Build It. Maybe you've heard of this. And it's aimed at the. I'm semi-retired at home, don't really know how to use a computer, and I want to build a site online. And can you imagine the support requests you get for something like that? It's like, you know, just crazy, super basic beginner-level computer stuff that would drive you or I or Caleb nuts after a couple of days. And so you might look at this, and if you evaluate by the other stuff, if you think, well, what's the demand, what's the competition, all this kind of stuff, you might get down that list and be like, wow, this looks like a really great, Opportunity because mm-hmm. there are these people out there that are willing to pay and they're not you know being served, 
but then you might hate your life after a couple of months and then what's the point you're going to quit yeah yeah so that was number seven do you hate the audience that pocket changed caleb no love them oh that's great i don't hate i don't hate any of my audiences that's good yeah and i mean honestly we we um We've done a great job, I think, at Fizzle, and we've attracted these people that we oh, yeah. literally have beers with. Not we don't, just we don't even. We, but, well, we didn't play any role in that. Yeah. We just lucked out. Yeah, well, I think you know what we did was we um, brought our full personalities to the table. Yeah, and true. we attracted people that were interested in that, and and so it's it, that's another lesson is when you try to like you know act like someone else and like you think you're supposed to, you're going to attract this weird audience that you don't know because they don't really know you. Yeah, yeah. Well, even, may- even going back to those profiles that we made yeah. many months before we launched Fizzle, it's crazy how similar some of the some of it's dead on. The right? big people in Fizzle, you know, the people that are really dedicated to yeah. it, match up with some of those profiles. You yeah. know, it's interesting what you say though. What you just said though about like we brought our our full personalities to the product. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and and subsequently we we had a sharp knife and people wanted to play with it. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's what attracted these ty- this type of entrepreneur. Um, that's it's interesting because I think what what people feel is we is how much just how much we actually do care about this topic. Like I'm really like I'm, you know the 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 idea that you can you can do your own thing. The idea mm-hmm. that you you can not even it doesn't have to be full time even that you can just you can feel the like I don't know for lack of a better term dick hardness. You know what I mean of one word of bill of making something you care about. And that other people are continuing to say, like, hey, I'll pay a buck for that, or like, I love this, this is great, or thanks for writing that post, or this, like, the first experience that I had in Father Apprentice was just writing those things, and guys just saying, dude, this is, thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's mixing the, so that was just, because we care about this stuff at Fizzle, and we've experienced, like, not, not just like, hey, we can make a buck, but like, dude, this is, this is the, this is what life is. Like, it feels, this is, what I was created to do, you know, and that's the that's what we're betting on. Obviously, I think people yeah. listening to that, listening to this right now, can probably tell that that's what we're betting on with the podcast. We're like, you know what, we're going yeah. to enjoy this so much if we get to be ourselves and talk to the people that we want to talk to, versus mm-hmm. doing yet another. Let's do a bunch of interviews, business show, and you know, yeah. So if it's successful, awesome. But either way, we're going to love what we do, and that's yeah. that's yeah. a good way to choose. And, but the that's topic. A, that's and that's an interesting. Uh, it's a good point, though. On top of all of these like metrics or these things, actually, in the next podcast, I'm excited to get into because we're going to talk about the metrics and financial type of stuff. Yeah. to be tracking, you know, along like kind of as a ta- as a as a bookend on this conversation. Yeah. So you've got your business idea. You've figured out like some of these details about it. You know. Yeah. And now, what are what could this support you? And yeah. what are the things you're going to need to think about? So that'll be the next conversation. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just lost my whole train of thought. Cool. Good. Number eight. I like it. Let's do number eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were both just right there. We're just ready to jump just, on that opportunity. You just knew what was going to happen. All right. So God. after you've thought about all of these things, let us let me recap really quickly. Okay. So number one is demand. Do people care about this thing? How many people out there care yeah. about this thing? Number two is competition. How much competition is there? How strong is it? And uh, do you want to be competing against those those people and entities? Number three is personal interest. How much do you care about it? Number four is expertise. How much do you know about this? Mm -hmm. And if it's a new topic, how quickly can you gain the expertise and be recognized? Um, Number five 
is specificity. How specific is this topic? Mm -hmm. And how do you relate to specificity? Is it better for you to go wide or to go deep on something? Number six is, can you differentiate this idea and make it stand out from everything else that's out there? Number seven is, do you actually like the customers that you're going to attract or will you like them? So after you go through this whole list, and the way I suggest that people do this is, you know, jot down each of these things, throw your own factors in there if you want to, make, you know, customize your list of factors, throw them in there, and then write down all of the different, um, you know, topic ideas that you have, 10 of them, and score each and then see how the scores come out. And if you want to, you can do something known as a weighted average decision matrix. We can include a link to this in the show notes. Basically, that's the, in addition to <laughs> scoring these things, stuff, isn't some it? spreadsheet <laughs> stuff. In addition to scoring each of these for the analytical people listening to this, you can add weights to each of the factors. And you can say, you know what? The, the thing that really matters to me is how much I care about it. So I'm going to give that a, you know, a factor of 10. And then you multiply the scores that you assign. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the last one here after you go through all this stuff is simply will people pay for products or services related to this topic or idea? Yeah. In the end, that matters. And and actually, I think a lot of people start with that. They start so with I liked that. How you put it at the end? Yeah. No. Well, but to be honest, it well, it depends on what your goal is for this business, right? If it's something you just, you know, what I'm going to be the expert on this thing. I, I just, I have to be. I, I'm, I'm infatuated. I'm obsessed with this, like you know, this one Jawa in yeah. Star Wars or whatever, like we talked about in the other conversation. Then more power to you. Go get after it, and you can find a way to make a buck or two off of that. You know what I mean? But you you, you gotta you follow your heart and do the thing. But if you're coming at it from like, I want to, <laughs> I quit, I, I hate my job, so I must be an entrepreneur. So I'm gonna try to make my monies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you got Then you really do have to ask your questions on who are they? Can they pay? Will they pay? You know what I mean? Right. Well, and and I guess the point here is I'm imagining. People have a bucket of ideas in their head and they're trying to figure out which one's best. And there's not one that they're like, you know, I have to do this. I was born to do this. If you don't feel like that, which I meet very few people who do, then you're going to have a bunch of ideas. And as you're looking through those ideas, if you consider these factors and you come up with the, with, you know, several that really stand out after you assign all these scores, then you're going to make your life a lot easier. And one of the things that's going to make your life a lot easier in terms of actually earning a living from doing this thing is the readiness of people to pay for a solution. Mm. Like, like you and I, uh, like I was talking to your wife, Melissa, last night, and she was talking about some of these urgent issues that she has had with your son. Mm-hmm. Not to get too personal or whatever, That's but fine. but you know, just things where she's like, you know, I have an issue with my kid, and I need to find an answer yeah. to this right now, and she couldn't find anything out there. Well, that's like an urgent demand. People need to know that right now. So. If something was there and she could have paid 10 bucks for a book, boom, done. No oh, yeah. question about it. Versus other things where there's so much free information out there already and people are like, nah, it's not that important to me. I'm not going to pay for it. You mm-hmm. know, So this is a difficult one to judge, but a lot of times the easiest way to do it is to look for examples of other companies in the space that are being paid for similar services yeah. and to figure out a way that you can fit in in the ecosystem of competition with a differentiated offering. Yeah. So, um, you know, like for example, photo sharing, um, you know, with Instagram and everything else that's free out there, it might be kind of hard to figure out a way to get paid for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you want to look and just see like what are the competitors doing and are people paying for that and sort of what are people paying for it. Yeah. And it's just going to require a little bit of like detective sleuthing. And then of course then the other model though would be like, yeah, you do a photo sharing thing and you get billions of people to your site and you have an ad on there. You know so, what I mean? 
Yeah. So, so, and we're talking to people that are probably one, two person companies, and yeah. it's pretty tough to make money from ads unless oh, yeah. you become really popular. Well, not only that, but it's just it, it can be it can be a bummer business model. It can just provide it's way too. It can be a lot more work than you wanted. It yeah. To be. Now, on the other hand, we should say that both Instagram and Tumblr had essentially no revenue, and yet they sold for north of a billion dollars. Yeah. So maybe we're full of shit and this doesn't matter. I don't know. I think yeah. I think I think it's weird that those companies sold for that much money and it probably won't happen forever mm-hmm. once Yahoo and Facebook figure out that they bought something that's worth worthless essentially yeah. um, or that's really hard to turn into a revenue producing thing because their users are going to revolt or whatever but whatever yeah. we're talking about a different type of business here I think yeah. and um, if you want to build a business without venture funding you're going to have to get revenue in the door and that means customers are going to have to pay you yeah. something at yeah. some point yeah, or like we said, you're the expert, uh, or or you, it's just a passion. It's an obsession. It costs you absolutely nothing to start up a blog. It takes time to write your posts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but like, I started Father Apprentice out of a labor of love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now I have a lot of business opportunity from it. I've made a lot of money on it just by selling ad- affiliate sales of bags. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is weird, but like. That it was. It's always been a labor of love, and that's what kept the content real pure. You know what I mean? That's what made it impactful for for people on there. So there's like there's a handful of there's so many different models out there. Maybe in the next conversation we'll get into some of what these models could be and what yeah. you know mm-hmm. the as well as the metrics to follow sure. through that. Um, so let's. Um, that's the end of your list. Huh? Yeah, that's the end. So should we like you want to share some parting words? You want to re- do around? Okay, the horn? hold on. Let me look at my notes. And make sure that I, that I uh, like, yeah yeah no actually I have a couple things. Okay. Hold on. This is going to be like a little rapid fire Kay. tips and tricks for me. Do it. Except instead of tips and tricks, they're massive, huge philosophical outlooks on how you could look at this. <laughs> Diatribes. But they're <laughs> yeah. quick. Yeah, but they're quick. Here's my, my gist is, is this. It starts with the care that, you know, the Vonnegut quote on, on care. It starts with care about, like, f- pick something that you care about. Yeah. Because you're going to be good, at, you're going to be better at figuring out how to target that, how to, how to make effective communication into that market. How to, you know what I mean? How and to, you're going to put in the 16-hour days that, frankly, yeah. you're probably going to have to do once in a while. So pick something that you care about and really, you know, uh, this, the other side of that coin is, you know, create something that you really want to see in the world. You know what I mean? Maybe like you're like me, where where you see things, you're like, well, I could probably do that better. I wish it would do this. I wish it, you know, how many bags do I have? Yeah, because I still haven't found the right bag yet or the best bag. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, you know, it's good and it was great at the time, but now I realize I want more. Like, because it's like, and so there's so many things in my life, whether it's software or or physical stuff, where I'm like, I wish this did this, this one thing, Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to realize, like, I'm not so weird for wanting that. Because if I, but then I, you're still weird. But but then I have to make the decision: Am I going to go ahead and put everything on hold to make that bag? No. I'm great at guitar. Am I going to put everything on hold to go tra- travel the world, play guitar? No, it's not really what I want to do. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to ask those questions yep. as well. So, care about your thing. F- find out. You know, part half of our audience right now is just like, well, what do I care about? I mean, I, I love yeah. my family, and, and we should do a whole nother. You know, I mean, with the actually the finding your voice episode helps with that a little bit. Big time, yeah. I think but, it does. Yeah, but that's a big. You know, when you start looking into what do I care about. You'll you'll find some stuff there, and then the second part is is you know serve. So when you care about a thing, when you when you find the the crew of people that care about that thing too, just serve them. Find out who they are and where they're from. You don't even actually have to know. 
you don't I mean you care about the thing enough you don't have to be like wildly fanatical or like know everything about it that what you need to do now is you need to start learning about your audience and who they are and all of these things what their real struggles are and now you then you can start to get insightful Steve Jobs I come up with the iPhone app for them in that in that space right. you know what I mean or whatever so care and serve and then dig in just you know put your stake in the ground and camp out for the next 10 years at the end of that 10 or 15th year you're gonna you're gonna be sitting pretty yeah you know potentially so care serve and show up every day exactly what i call dig in um and then you know the final i guess one final little thing is like you know i guess to color it all dark instead of light think more about why your idea is going to fail than why it's going to be successful Mm-hmm. Invest a little, invest more time on that, and and, and coming at it at different angles. Mm-hmm. This is one thing, like as a creative, where you put I put I put a lot of work into this design, and I deliver it to a client, and I like, talk them through it. It's you know you got to be ready to get that. Like no, this isn't what I wanted at all. I don't like that. I don't like this, that, and the other. I got I've I've just started to learn how to do that. To be honest, you know what I mean. Where it's like okay, I've put everything of me into this, but this is not me. You know what I mean? And I can and I can take that. Same thing with your business idea, where you can get real precious with it, but the truth is you gotta walk around it. You gotta be a not you know, you gotta be as objective as you possibly can be. You gotta tell it to someone like a Derek Halpern, who I know, like I can have an idea and I can call him and he'll be like, What? Nobody wants that. That's stupid. I don't know why he's Larry David to me all of a sudden, but it's like you wanna what? You wanna what? But um that's actually awesome. He is the Larry David of blogging. But uh Spending more time on why this isn't going to work than on why it is going to work because you're already emotional and leaning that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just understanding that. Those are my last little little tips and tricks. But more like importantly, him. more important than anything else is really like, what do you care about? Really? You got a long, you, if you looked at the next three years to just figure out what you really care about and just put, out, put some irons in the fire, and then at the end of that you know, three years or six months or one year or whatever, then you're like you're picking one of those irons and you're gonna you're gonna commit twelve months to that thing and, and see what you can you're do. You're gonna poke yourself with it. You know, you just brand over the and over sh- again. schnitzel out of yourself yeah, with exactly. it. Exactly. But you know, you've got a lot of time here, folks. You really yeah. do. Not that it goes on forever, but like, yeah, invest some time in paying attention to what you care about and who you are and see what you come up with. Because there's there's you don't have to make a billion dollar company to have a life that you like. Because the one thing you didn't mention on this, surprisingly, Mr. Mexico, is what does it look like to run this business? Right. What's the lifestyle look like when you when you if you pick this topic? That's number nine. Good job. Niner. Yep. Was there a niner in there? <laughs> Caleb, any parting words? No. I don't have any today actually. Mm. Oh. Fine. I think that's very astute of you. To know that I clearly covered he, he all just the kinda, bases. He just kinda... Your four caveats, your eight list, your, you had four more of that. Yeah. Plus, plus number nine. That. Plus number niner. <laughs> Numero nueve? So, well, okay. so just for me to wrap up, um, basically, your topic, you shouldn't look at choosing your topic as a final decision. Mm-hmm. You're simply setting a direction, and you're going to reevaluate along the way. And the important thing is that you listen to your customers and connect with your potential audience and let them help shape you know the nitty-gritty of the direction you know yeah. so you're going to start marching west towards mm-hmm. personal finance yeah and as you're walking that direction you're going to talk to people and listen to them and gather feedback and find out you know how the idea that you thought you started with really matches up with the need that they have 
and get closer and closer, like that pendulum idea that yeah. we talked about in the other episode. You know, you're going to swing in one direction and then swing further in the customer direction, and eventually you're going to kind of settle in, in between the two. Um, so progress should be your goal in selecting an idea. Choose an idea, start making progress instead of trying to pick the perfect idea because that's never going to happen in the beginning. Yeah. And I think pivoting and quitting and when is right to do both of those things is a whole other discussion. Yep, absolutely. Boy, howdy. I have been Chase Warbin Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. So there you have it. Don't look at your ideas as a final end-all and be-all decision. It's, it's the direction for the next bit of your journey. Those are wise words from a wise man, Corbett Barr. We really mean it. You know, find something you care about and, and that you think other people should care about too and get started. You're going to learn so much as you go. Um, I won't go through all of the, the, the nine or the eight and a half or nine things uh, that, that Corbett talked about. It's much easier to see them in person or on your, you know, to see them visually. Uh, so we've listed them out at fizzleshow.com slash eight. That's the number eight. And that's where you can find show notes for this episode uh, and stuff like that. And that's where you'll also find, you know, links to everything we mentioned in the show. If you liked this, uh, please do consider leaving us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it does mean the world to us because it helps other hopeful, struggling entrepreneurs find the show. I mean, do you remember Do you remember what it's like to, be, to feel like you're alone in this thing? Just simply search for Fizzle or The Fizzle Show in iTunes Store and click Write a Review. And fizzleshow.com is where you can find all your Fizzle Show info and needs. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com. That's where you can ask also a specific question about your business, and we'll answer it live on the air. We didn't get a chance to do questions today, but uh, I anticipate we will be able to do so in the next episodes. If you haven't yet, enter your email there at fizzleshow.com so we can notify you of cool stuff when it happens, like idea vetting parties and stuff you never know listen in conclusion this business stuff it it isn't easy right but it's but it's in you i think it's a human thing ever since cavemen were drawing on walls and creating the first hammers we've been a species of creation and discovery and i hope listening here pulls back the message of our past like hundred years of our culture that you're boring and that you should leave the interesting things up to celebrities like Brad and Angelina, and and that we can hopefully help you rediscover a bit of your dirt under the fingernails, making something because it feels good to do so, drawing on the walls to help others learn the way kind of humanity. Thanks. And we'll see you in the next episode next week on Thursday when we'll be talking about some of the financial realities of these kinds of businesses. Cheers.